welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Yo! What's happening, Derek? Nah, well, you know, same old, same old. I'm sitting here across from you and in the dungeon. In the dungeon. Oh, recording studio. Recording oh, studio. yeah. No, it's a dungeon. <laughs> Who says you can't have a recording studio in a dungeon? I know. So the whips and chains are kind of freaks me out, though. That's not what you say. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how was your family day weekend? It was fantastic. Uh, I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> but you're not as old as you're going to be. No, no. Yeah. Bo- we're both right on both counts. Yep. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, our whole, well, we all, we all went camping. You went, you went one way. We went the yep. other. Yeah. Uh, we went up to, um, Mule Lake. Yeah, I'm still tired from <laughs> this weekend was all about the dog. I'll just tell you that oh, yeah? right now. Yeah. But no, four days up up in Algonquin Park. Uh it's nice to actually be in snow. Yeah. Deep snow. We had no snow. Oh, we had snow. Yeah. The dog discovered what snow was. The husky side of her she's came out. She's seen snow before. Not like this. I suppose. Yeah, she's she was rolling in it, digging in it, burying herself <laughs> in it, <laughs> running through it, <laughs> yeah. climbing over big well, mounds novelty, of snow. Eh? For the first time, like, I imagine every year the first snow. Like, I've seen so many dogs, like, when they get into snow, they just, their head turns sideways and they start running crooked. And it's like, oh, he's wound up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what happened? We went on Friday morning, um, <clears throat> back Monday afternoon. And it, like I say, it was Athena's first trip, first her first camping trip and her first winter uh-huh. camping trip. And we, now I am Tetris champion of the <laughs> world. Just getting all that gear that we take. Into our the Our tent, yep. tarps, all our camping gear, even a big tote of wood. Okay. Um, and um, a, a wooden floor. Yeah, yeah, I get all that into one pickup truck. Yeah, with the tunnel cover closed and everything. And now, and now <laughs> I have to do all of that, plus make room for a big dog. Yeah, and all her accoutrements. Yes, did it, <laughs> nailed it. I saw the picture. No she looked problem. like she was uh, in a nest of camping gear in the back seat. Well, we because our our back seat uh, folds down. It's that seventy thirty yeah. split sort of thing, or yeah. eighty twenty, whatever you want to call it. So I made sure the smaller seat was um, down, so she could lay on that. But I packed like our j- extra jackets and stuff like that beside it, mm-hmm. so that it sort of extended the seat. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, so that she could lay on that as yeah. well, and then stick her head up and. She'd still be a you know, right? She'd stick her head up between our, our seats so mm-hmm. that she was sort of part of the the group there. Yeah. But no, it did that. Um, we were leaving. It would did some freezing rain overnight oh. here. So you know, yes, down here we did. Yeah, I don't I don't pack before we go. Like I pack that morning mm-hmm. first thing, so I get up the extra hour, and then everything's ready to go. It's yeah. just a matter of packing it in exactly. the truck. Yeah. And so it was misty, bit freezy rain while I'm trying to pack, and I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not having fun already. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and it had stopped by the time we were leaving, but it was a bit slippery in spots. And so you just have to watch out. But by the time we were heading up uh, north, you know, we 
it started to stop. It stopped and was starting to thaw, and that yeah, the sun yeah. was coming out, and that, so it was just yucky. Glad I filled up on washer fluid. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, because I mean, get behind the trucks and stuff like that. Yeah, just exactly. Totally covered it. Um, coffee and Timbits. We hit the road, and it was Athena's first road trip. Timbits oh. gave her a Timbit with sprinkles on it, and she proceeded to sit there and lick all the sprinkles off <laughs> before eating the Timbit. Yeah. After the third Timbit, it was like, oh, I get this now. <laughs> now I understand. <laughs> you got any more? Uh, it was a nice, easy drive up, though. We stopped in at Swift. Was this her longest trip in a car? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was like three and a half hours. She did road tripping dog? She was excellent. Yeah. Absolutely. You couldn't ask for better. Excellent. She just laid there and, you know, I would get up once in a while and be looking out the window, so I'd lower the window down. Nothing like doing a 110 mm-hmm. kilometers an hour with the dog's head sticking out the window yeah. on a nice, icy, cold winter morning. <laughs> <laughs> My animals are different. Beckett, Stella's like she enjoys the ride. She just kind of, you know, occupies herself, whatever. And Beckett is like, I, I, you could be five minutes from the house. We're just getting on the road. How much further? It's like, oh, you can't ask that now. Six days. <laughs> <laughs> Just say, you can get out now if you want. I'm not slowing down. Tuck and roll, oh, my make boy. Make me turn this car around. <laughs> yeah, no, she she just lay down and would mm-hmm. turn around once in a while, give a little look at us and give her a little couple of yeah. scratches, reach back and give her a couple of scratches. Nap time. Then back down to nap time, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, no, that was pretty good. We, we found a spot, and I'm not going to give up this spot. I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> but it's about halfway on our trip. Yeah. And you pull into the parking lot. At the far end of the parking lot, I will give a hint. There's an LCBO. Okay. You pull into this parking lot of the LCBO. At the far end, there's a couple of porta potties, which I, I don't think many people know about because they're always clean. Yeah. So we stopped there. You use the porta potties. The dog got to stretch her legs and had a pee and everything. And then back there, no crowds. So you're not stopping at a Timmy's or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Have to use a bathroom and wait and all that sort of stuff. No, we're there and back on the road. Hmm. That's my style. Like, if you need to pee, yeah, either stick your butt out the window. <laughs> <laughs> we're not stopping for 45 <laughs> minutes yeah. for you to smell the flowers. Right. You're in, you pee, maybe mm-hmm. we'll grab a coffee, and we're gone. <laughs> There's no doodly bopping around yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, boom, 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 boom. We got places to go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we found that spot, but, uh, yeah, we stopped there, gave her a little rest, uh, uh, stretched the legs and then we stopped at Swift. Okay. Up on, uh, in the Muskoka there and checked out the, cause they've got their main showroom there has all their new models for yes. 2023. Yeah. The glitter pickle is there. The what? The glitter pickle. They did that one canoe. They're, tra- they're doing the metallic. Oh, uh, paint jobs on the now. Flake and the yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they did the green one. I said yeah. it's a nice looking canoe, but <laughs> not in green because it looks like a giant glitter pickle. <laughs> <laughs> they got an orange one. Tracy liked the orange one, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking like when I lived out in Saskatchewan, we had a uh, a big pickup truck, like four doors, extended bed, the whole thing, but it was like a metallic blue. Okay. That would look, uh, if you're going to do metallic, I would say do that blue, like navy, mid, I think it was actually, I think it was like midnight blue or something like that. That would look really good. Yeah, you know, the exhibition rides like C&E or whatever, and mm-hmm. get the, uh, the bumper cars and whatever, all those rides had that glittery paint job. Yep. Yep. 
That'd be neat on a canoe. Right? Boy, they'd see you coming from a mile away. It's like, what's coming at us? Well, at least your friends <laughs> would know you're on your way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I know they had some really nice stuff there and, um, it's hard to go into, well, not just Swift, but any canoe like Novacraft or anything like mm-hmm. that and say, nah, I'm, I've got no interest. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't, just doesn't happen. Some of the kayaks they had, there were nice as well. Did you look for any sales? No. Like not no. S-A-L-E-S. No sales. But S-A-I-L-S. Yeah. No, I'm waiting until I hit the canoe copia. Uh-huh. And I'll pick one up down there, I think. And Do you think it'd be nice cheap down there? No. <laughs> Probably <laughs> okay. more of a selection, I would think, though. But I'm gonna be and Runabago's right around the corner, too. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be looking at the Toronto show for see if they, anybody has any of them. Yeah, because I saw Falcon sales down at Canucopia last time I was there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I'll... See what I can find. Mm-hmm. If, if there's a good deal at the Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show, I'll, yeah, I'll pick yeah. one up there. But if I don't find a good deal, then maybe I'll get you to pick me one up. Yeah. Nucopia. Oh, yeah. And then I got to bring it across the border like a smuggler? No. Say it's a <laughs> dog bed. It's a dog bed. It's rolled up dog bed. <laughs> you bring your dog? Yeah. No. What do you do with your dog? Leave her at home. Is that going to take her down? No. Somebody's going to look after the cats. She did. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. We're not taking Athena there. It's just going to be too crowded. Yeah, it'd be complicated. Yeah. You have to get a vet checkup beforehand and all kinds. Of well, stuff like you that. just need your uh, rabies papers. That's all it is. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. When I used to take uh, Hunter across the border, mm-hmm. I just made sure I stopped at the vet and uh, had them print out his latest yeah. rabies um, sheets, and then I would give them my passport and the rabies papers yeah. at, the, at the border. You could you could say she's your uh, assistance dog. Yeah, she helps me find food and beer. That's right. She's my <laughs> emotional support potato. Uh, yeah, so we stopped there and then uh, headed back up right up into um, the park. Now, the last time I was there, because mm-hmm. I always check in at the front gate. And they said, oh, no, we just wander around. You don't need to do this. You just go by your license plate and da-da-da-da-da. Okay. No problem. So this time that's exactly what I did. I got a new license plate. Oh. But that was last year. Mm-hmm. So I've been up there many times since, mm-hmm. and it was changed in the system to my new license plate. Oh, yeah? Except this week. Oh. Don't know why, but Ben was there with us. Or he wasn't there with He was in um, uh, the airfield. Yeah. He he bought he recently bought an electric car a Volt. Oh yes yes right yeah. So is he it was, a Volt is it? Yeah, I, I'm sure it was a Volt. I thought it was something else. Uh, it was a small little electric yeah. car. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he says, you know, can I park it at your site and plug it in for the weekend? No problems. So then we heard that the Rangers were coming around asking about the cars on the site, mm-hmm. and we're thinking, oh, it's Ben's car. He's paid for a spot, and because it was the winter in the wild weekend, we're figuring, okay, well. Yeah. You know, save a save a spot for somebody to come up and check it out. Let him park on our spot. No, it was us. They were coming up under whose <laughs> truck that was. Because I didn't. <laughs> the Rangers finally caught us at camp and said, yeah. uh, well, it's with the truck. And I said, what do you mean? I said, and they said, well, it's not registered. And I said, yeah. You guys, every time I'm here, you guys say, just go up to your site. No problems. Well, we didn't have this license plate. It was a different license plate. And I told them my old plate number and they go, yeah. And I said, well, it's changed. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
and I, <laughs> I had my I I always print off a copy of my stuff, right? Yeah. That says site and yeah, exactly. the barcode and all that. So we're we're good with that. Did you change it with the park? Like do you know how you register with Yeah, with yeah I parks? did. I went I went online. You do it online. But is your plate changed online? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. When you go, you go into but it your wasn't reservations. With it wasn't changed on their paperwork. Huh. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. Because it had changed, mm-hmm. like in, at Halloween and New Year's, yeah. and but for some reason, Family Day weekend, it didn't change. Huh. So I was like a hoodlum. <laughs> <laughs> momentarily. Yeah, I'm a momentary. I am a momentary hoodlum. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a band, ladies and gentlemen, the momentary hoodlums. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, yeah, we got up there and we got all our our stuff set up, and I think they need to have cones or something that you can put on your site that say "Setting up, do not disturb," <laughs> because the minute people you know yeah. see you there. And you're in the middle of trying to put up the tent and yeah. get all the stuff inside and all that. Get the tent, you know, the, the, the stove going. And hey, how are you guys doing? How are things? Oh, you're setting up. That's great. Hey, when are you leaving? Oh, you brought your dog. Are you coming over to the communal fire tonight? Are you going for a hike? We're going to hike later. Do you guys want to come? Mm-hmm. No, I'm trying to set up my damn tent. <laughs> 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 you know, and then just okay. Well, we'll see you guys later. Yep. And as they're leaving one way, somebody else is showing up the other way. Yeah. <laughs> and same with tearing down. Yeah. Same sort of deal. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I think we got to start getting signs or something. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> when Tracy sees people coming, they're like, oh, here we go. Because <laughs> she knows I'll, I'll yeah. just start. Which is yapping. fine any other time of the weekend. Yeah. But instead of a, you know, hour and a half to break down your campsite, it's like four hours four later. Four hours, yeah. Four <laughs> hours later, everybody else is gone yeah. <laughs> except you because now you've got to finally finish tearing everything down yeah, and packing yeah. it up, right? <laughs> the dog's been sitting in the truck for the last hour warming up. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we, we got set up and, and now that we're trying to f- – we're getting the the tent there, all the little tweaks and that, so we can we're getting it set up so much fast. We don't have to start adjusting all the the guy lines and everything like fifteen times. It's like boom, 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 boom. It's up. The scallops are out. Um, you know, you're not you don't have nothing's going to the, lay there. No water's going to pool yeah. on on it or anything like that. Get everything in there, and so it's going much smoother and a lot faster. Uh, Athena loved the, the weekend. Lots of exercise, lots of snow, lots of other dogs. Mm-hmm. So she'd have a blast. People, she still sort of, you know, she was coming up to them. They'd hold their hand out. She'd give it a sniff and then back off a little. It's not like she's running from them or yeah. scared. She's just skittish of, of people right now. Uh, she'll get over that. The sleeping issue. Now, we brought that big chair, right? Oh, yes. That yep. big comfy chair that I got for free. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. this is awesome dog bed, but off the ground. It's going to be yeah. perfect. <laughs> for two hours, it was. <laughs> <laughs> she never touched it again. <laughs> and then she, uh, yeah, then she, because we put her blankets up there. And uh, I think we maybe went overboard with the 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 blankets and stuff just to keep her warm. Because so. mm-hmm. she doesn't have her full 
Yeah. Adult fur. But she's got but she's puppy got metabolism, enough, right? Yeah. She's very furry. She's got puppy metabolism, and she doesn't seem to mind the cold from what I've seen. No, not at all. But we figured overnight when she's not active, yeah. she's sleeping, yeah. right? And sometimes if you let the fire go out and it's going down to minus 20-something mm-hmm. Celsius, you, you want to make sure that she's comfortable. Yeah. So after about two hours, she's up whining. <laughs> and I was like, what, 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 what? Like- <laughs> I don't know what to tell you here. I don't, <laughs> I don't know your language. Then she wants to come on to the the, the my cot with me. Oh, it's like no. Where where are you going? There's no room. <laughs> so finally, Tracy just takes the the blankets off the chair, lays them right on the ground. Yeah. She gets on that, curls right up, and she's about three feet or so from the from the stove. Yeah. And she curled up there, and not a peep. She didn't want the chair. She wanted the floor. She wanted the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Not a peep from her. So usually we, I mean, have it in the house is we wake up at five in the morning. I, you know, get ready for work. I take her for a walk at six. Yeah. And then I head to work. So I figure, okay, well, five, six o'clock, she's going to be up. 8.30. She wow. Wakes up. <laughs> she was getting so much exercise. When we got back into the tent, yeah. she would like maybe look at her food, have a drink of water, and then right up onto the cot. <laughs> So during the day, she would stay up, sit Sleep on the Sleep on your bed. Yeah, because that way it freed up the floor. Yeah. But at night, she slept on the floor. Yeah. So we got that sort of figured out. Uh, she was afraid of the tent flaps to begin with. She wouldn't come into the tent. We had to haul her into the tent. Oh, wow. She wanted nothing they to move. do with it. Yeah. <laughs> this is a big monster trying to eat me. And the first thing <laughs> she did when she got in the tent is brush her face across the stove. I had just started it, so it was still cold. Oh. I'm like, but later on when it got hotter she knew it was hot and she would yeah there's a couple times where she turned around and wagged her tail against it yeah um but not enough not burning fur (laughs) yeah but she didn't she was so fast with the the quick little whack that it it didn't have time to burn Mm -hmm. so uh but yeah she's getting with that and there was one time that she's sitting on the cot and i had the door open yeah you know when you sit when you're at camp and you're sitting in mm-hmm. your chair and you're looking at that campfire on a nice summer night and you're just staring at the you flames, zone you zone out. Next thing you know, you're hearing yourself <laughs> <laughs> snoring. So I had the door open and she's looking at the fire and then I'm watching it and her eyes are getting lower. Next thing you know, she's out like a light. Yeah. <laughs> I closed the door and I walked away. So that's, <laughs> if your dog has a problem sleeping, Put a fire in front of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Light a fire in your tent. Light a fire in your tent. It works every time. Uh, yeah, the, the the fresh air and the, the exercise really did uh, wear her out. It's nice to get up there, though, and see a lot of people that we haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, went on a cu- we went on a 10-kilometer hike um, on the Saturday, and... It was through an area, like up Opiongo Road. Yeah. Really wide. Not a lot of people, you you know, every like half hour you'd come across another group or something. And so we take the dog off their leash, which I know you're not supposed to, but uh, her and Isla were bopping around. Yeah. And, you know, they that's the thing is they stay around you. Mm-hmm. Right? And, uh, yeah, we got a lot of comments on her recall. That's on, good. Which, you know, you're coming back and. Uh, the one time we were talking, I said, yeah, all I have to do is call her and wiggle her leash. And I did that, not even thinking that she's behind me somewhere playing. And I said, yeah, all I got to do is say, Athena, and wiggle the leash. 
And I said, you know, boom, she's right beside me. I said, yeah, like that. <laughs> Sorry, go play. Uh, yeah, like just totally out there in enjoying the day. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And just watching her run and yeah. play and we're just relaxing, having a nice walk ourselves and uh, it just enjoying being out in nature and stuff like that. It, it was nice to get out there. We did a hike through the airfield. Uh, a couple of people we know were out there. Yeah. Scott um, Rogers and yeah. Mark Rubino Mark, came Mark Rubino up to only visit. went for a night. He, oh, he was for, there yeah, for yeah, a whole was, night. He stayed overnight and then came out the next day. Uh, we were on Opionga Road and he texted, are you at your, are you at Mew Lake? And I said, we just left. We're walking Opiongo Trail. So we were going to stop by. I said, well, site 24, check out the tent because he's never seen it. Mm-hmm. Next thing I don't get this message. They're in the tent <laughs> with their socks and jackets and everything off or their boots and everything off, sitting in our chairs waving. <laughs> <laughs> nice tent. <laughs> I thought about it afterwards. I should have texted back. Whose tent is that? <laughs> That's not mine. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> Whose beer are you drinking? <laughs> yeah, uh, so we didn't, I didn't get to see Marcus. We uh, just missed each other. But uh, nice to sleep in a bit later than normal. Yeah. You know, you know, and do stuff that, and that's one of the, the, the things that we like about the winter camping is you're not on a schedule to do anything. Yeah. You know, especially when, I mean, summer, you're like, okay, we're going canoeing, and then we're going hiking, yeah. and then we're going fishing, and then we're going to go see the, and we're going to go, 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 yeah. go, 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 We're going to have fun, ah, right? Uh, with winter camping, it's more like, okay, we'll get up, and we'll get some water boiling for coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's much more sedate. It, it really is, and yeah. it's nice just to have that really slow, slow speed. Uh, we saw some pine martens. Uh, Not Martin were, Pine, Pine Martin? Pine martens. <laughs> yeah, uh, we saw them. But we saw the ones at Mew Lake at the gar- the garbage, of course, the garbage yeah. pine martens. Uh, but when we were up on Opiongo Road, we saw a couple, mm-hmm. and not a lot of birds. Oh no, not as much as usual. No, hmm. we saw a few squirrels and stuff like that, but not yeah, not a ton of stuff. Um, yeah, that we we really didn't do a whole lot more than just walk. Yeah, see the sights. Yeah. Interact with people, watch the dog play. Uh, we actually, this is the first time I think ever that we've been at Mew Lake and didn't go to Provoking Falls. Oh, and then okay. we find out later that apparently there's a beaver in the area. Oh, so a few people saw that. We <laughs> made chocolate chip cookies in the reflector oven. I saw that. Seventeen of them. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? It's it's so easy. You get the those ones that you just it's a tube yeah of cookies and just cut it cut and, and lay yeah, it in the, exactly in the pan and then throw it in a reflector oven yeah uh we throw the hot coals right to the one side of the to the of the oven of the stove yeah and then we basically just put the oven right against against yeah the the That's side the of the stove right yeah. up on a couple blocks of wood yeah and yeah it was just like it got up to 300 degrees mm-hmm. and yeah like 10 minutes we had I did them five at a time. Fresh cookies. Fresh cookies. <laughs> fresh chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Jeff Ostrander was up there with his family, and they had this big oven thing, and they were doing cinnamon buns. Oh. Like cinnamon rolls. And he posted pictures, and I posted pictures. And I was talking to him around the fire later, and I said, I was about to send you a message saying, how many chocolate chip cookies would it take to buy one of those cinnamon rolls? <laughs> <laughs> There's deals going down now. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it was nice to get away for a few days with, uh, you know, like I say, no quiet, you know, just quiet, no schedule, yeah. just do whatever you want. And, um, yeah, then sun, uh, Monday came, nice day, wasn't too, it started cold at the beginning of the, the weekend yeah. and it just got warmer. Just, uh, and okay, on Monday yeah, yeah. it was like, I think minus three when we were leaving. Yeah. Right. And it was even supposed to be warmer than that, like by the, the next day. Oh, okay. So. We had a blast. Mm. Nice to uh, nice to get up there. Mm-hmm. Now you went to Valens Lake. We did. Yeah, we did. We uh, we had considered doing McGregor, right? But uh, I just we didn't have time. We, we we're just so busy with a bunch of stuff lately that uh, we didn't have time to really get all our gear and kit out to do because we were we had been thinking about doing a McGregor for Family Day weekend, but like uh, snowshoeing in into we, we didn't know if we wanted a campsite or backcountry, but. Because we didn't have time to get ready, we just yeah, we'll just go to Valens, which is easier. We have the motorhome there, and right. So, but it, yeah, it was good. We uh, we shortened it because the kids are are grumpy little buggers, and and they always have fun where they're there. But when you say we're going to go, they say no, it's because you know they're they're just at the right age where they're getting really hooked on their electronics, mm-hmm. and uh, so Stella just reads books mostly. But Beckett likes to watch videos and whatever. It's like, no, nope, no electronics. I don't want to go. Then it's like, <laughs> but yeah, I so- will stick you in a sack <laughs> and throw you in with the gear. Exactly, exactly. But it was good. So uh, we we get up there on Saturday. So we only are going to do two nights. And uh, but we had plans. We we're gonna do we we're gonna do the Hamilton area waterfalls and stuff. So we picked a few. We talked to we talked to Alan uh, when we recorded last week. Asked him what mm-hmm. would he thought, and so we did the we did the waterfalls he suggested. So it was it was nice. We uh, went up there. It was nice, and we could see the aftermath of the freezing rain that came through. They in that area in in the Hamilton area and uh, Cambridge, uh, Kitchener, Waterloo. It was uh, there was a lot of ice falling from the trees like just everything was crystallized on the side of the highways and when we got there like all the trees were dropping their ice so you were const- you were constantly watching where you're walking because ice was constantly falling around you nothing big chunks or anything nothing that would hurt right but it was like whoa what was that you know <laughs> the squirrels are attacking but yeah so we uh we went up there we up early on Saturday morning and we did the uh, Bruce Trail hike and we uh, checked out some. I've, I had never been to any of the falls up in that area. Really? This was a first time for me. Wow. And uh, yeah. <laughs> so first thing in the morning, we get to the first trailhead at uh, at uh, Tiffany Falls and uh, and it's like, well, how's this card thing supposed to work? So I have, a, I have the uh, conservation, the, the Hamilton Area Conservation Pass. Right. So it's like a called Alan. Alan, morning. <laughs> How does this work? He says, just leave it on your dash with the uh, expiration side up, and and uh, and that should be good. It's like, oh, that easy, eh? Because there's a machine there to pay for your ticket. Right, it costs eleven bucks to park there, and it's like, yeah. and all I have is this chunk of plastic. It's like, what do I do with this? <laughs> so I guess you just leave it on your dash. So we, uh, it was really neat. It was the weather was nice and warm. We we got there at eight thirty nine o'clock in the morning, so everything was still frozen, which is good, because on the way back on the reverse loop of the trip, everything was starting to thaw, and so it was it was it would have been so muddy if we hadn't been there while the ground was frozen. Right. It was uh it was a it was a frozen mud that we were walking on, great traction, 
but it's like, oh, there's <laughs> a couple spots where the sun was melting and it was muddy. And so we all had clumps of mud hanging from our feet. <laughs> but it was, yeah. yeah. But it was a good hike. It was, uh, we cruised on through the area. We did Tiffany Falls. We did uh, Sherman Falls and Canterbury Falls. A lot of history in the area. Yeah, all big time. Like it talks about some of the old uh, mills and uh, what do you call a mill that grinds grain? Uh, uh, oh, it's in my head. I can't remember. Grain mill? No, but that's not what they call it. I can't remember what they call it, but it's uh, they they you know they they grind grain and wheat and whatever. Anyway, so we saw one of the it was it was amazing to me. I just you know you don't really think of Canada has a very deep history, but uh, the guy at uh, at uh, Sherman Falls he built a mill there. He moved there in 1792. He fostered his parents and some cousins over in, in 1796, and then they built the mill right there near uh, Sherman Falls. And uh, and so it's just like, wow, that's, that's like 230 years ago that dude came over, right? Wow. That's, that's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So you don't really think of the fact that, you know, like two, 250 years ago, people were like living in the area, farming and... So in that area down by you know, in the down towards Niagara Falls and stuff, it's it's great farmland. So a lot of people migrated to that specific area, right? And then with the uh, with uh, all the waterfalls and and uh, the uh, what do they call it the Niagara Escarpment. So yep. there's lots of water pouring off of those. So there was a lot of mills that were made down there, right? And so they would be shipping their grains all over the world from Niagara area. So it was it's incredible. It's uh, well. It, you got to think the War of 1812. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Like that's a couple hundred so years ago. And so there was uh there was a we saw a sign there and it was in honor of the 50,000 plus Canadians who fought for the for the Americans in the uh in the War of 1812 and it's like, wow. Yeah, you never really think about it, but uh there was a lot of uh there wasn't like we have borders today. There weren't the borders were a lot more porous back then, right? Mm-hmm. So people like a lot of there's quite a few Americans that migrated up across the border for the opportunities in the farmland and the area and and so there's a lot of signage and a lot of historical plaques to read and so it was really interesting to see that in the area, right? Yeah. And uh yeah, so we, we, we did a lot of hiking. We saw so on the hike now, you can't really see it. Uh, I'm going to show you the picture. I'll, I'll, hey, everybody, look at this. Anyways, in that picture, it's hard to see, but there's six deer in that picture. I only see five. <laughs> but it was, we were walking along the trail, and, and it was like, I don't know, 9.45 in the morning, and, and I just caught something moving out of the corner of my eye, and I said, hey, deer. And, uh, ner- and nobody else, st- I had to call Stella back. Stella, Stella, Stella. <laughs> there's deer <laughs> so we all looked and we i saw one and then i saw a second one and then and it's funny as soon as they would move oh there it is and then they stopped moving and it's like i don't see them anymore they were so well camouflaged into the into the into the background right and uh so eventually we were able to count six of them just then they were within 100 feet of us right so it was uh Grist Mill. There you go. <laughs> See, I told you it was a different name. I just couldn't remember the name of it because we have a grist mill in uh, north of Bowenville, and uh, and it's uh, it's they still run. They still make. Uh, they still grind grain. 
We hit one out in uh, Nova Scotia. Oh yeah, did the same. Yeah, they had all these different types of flower. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so you so you saw the deer. Yeah, we saw the deer. Did the hike. We uh, it was it, it was a nice area. It was, uh, I didn't have the right shoes on. I I just had a pair of boots on, but uh, they weren't conducive to hiking. <laughs> so <laughs> my legs are so sore. But I'm also getting older, right? I'm not not as uh, not as spry as I used to be. You ain't no spring <laughs> chicken. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Yeah, I'm noticing it. It's like, oh, my elbow's wonky. It's been wonky for six months. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys didn't have any snow. No, but it was uh, it was very much uh, like a fall or late spring hike. Yeah. Like we we occasionally saw a pile of snow where, you know, a snow plow would build it up so right. it, it stays a lot longer. Except for those little tiny piles here and there, there was no snow. There was ice in all the trees from the freezing rain. But there's no snow. That sucks. Yeah. So and and that's what really wants that. That's what makes me want to get out is the snow, and I miss the snow, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to the storm we're getting this week. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. I get to use my snow blower again. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I bought this for a reason. <laughs> but yeah, so we did the three falls, which is part of the Bruce Trail. We we saw the deer. We uh, we and I didn't even know it was there. Siobhan said she knew about it, but forgot about it. But it's called Westfield Heritage Village. You ever hear of it? No. It was just on the way between Valens and uh, Tiffany Falls down in Hamilton, and it's this. It's well, they they've started building it in I think the sixties or seventies, and so they moved in old buildings. Either they built new old buildings or they moved entire buildings into the area and so it's a little village and there's a there's a section of it there's a small section that are from the late 1700s there's a you know set of five or six buildings log log homes log cabins whatever then there's a bunch they got from the early 1800s mid 1800s and late 1800s and then there's a section of buildings that are from the early 1900s and hmm. so you walk through each of the sections, and it's just like one of these old heritage things. Like uh, uh, we have we have it down in Brunswick. There's a couple of them. There's the, every every community has one of these old heritage sites, right? And in the summer, you see people wearing loyalist gear or whatever, right? Right. And uh, so we we checked it out. They have a sugar shack. Uh, so it opens up in March. So we're gonna go back and check out check it out in March when they're making maple syrup. And uh, they got this uh, made in 1910 in Montreal. It's this retired uh, steam locomotive. Big, big train. <laughs> Huge train. So that's there too. So it got dropped off in like 77 or something. They they built a second, second of tracks. And so you've got, a, you've got a train station from the 1800s and this old train. And you got all these old heritage buildings. And that's there's cool. this big outdoor bread oven that's uh, just sitting there. And, and so it, it's... It was empty while we were there because the hiking trails are are empty, or hiking trails are there, but the village is empty. So we right. could walk through, but none of the buildings were open. But we walked through, peeked in through windows and stuff like that. But they're open in the summer. Open in the summer. They open. Oh. Is there, open. Uh, the sugar shack is in operation in March, and they. I think late May they open up the heritage village. Hmm. But yeah, so it's just a summertime thing, obviously. But it was—it's really neat to see and to to wander through, and it's all the historical stuff and the structures and the buildings, and pretty pretty cool. It was really really neat. So yeah, that was that. That was that. So like what we we did all those hikes. We're back at camp at around noon, and then we just 
like you said, people just kind of relax. So I, I read a book, Siobhan read a book, Stella read a book, and Beckett watched some videos. <laughs> <laughs> he Whatever. watched the book? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was it was a nice relaxing weekend. We did some more hiking on uh, on Monday morning because of the holiday and stuff. And and uh, so it was nice, uh, but I'm, I'm sore and tired now. Uh, I really got to get out and get more exercise. Oh, I'm tired from the weekend. <laughs> I haven't been tired. Like, I mean, chasing that dog all over the place and doing all the big, <laughs> the big hikes. And, yeah. Yeah, like I say, when you're in winter boots, you know, they're not really yeah. made for hiking. Yeah. You know. But yeah, it was, so it was a really good weekend. It was nice and relaxing. Got to see a lot of things. I kind of wish I could have got to McGregor because I, I think they had snow there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I did enjoy it for the fact that there wasn't a lot of people around us. So I, I'm, I, I like getting out and quiet time, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so we got exactly what we wanted out of it. Good. And the kids had fun. Yeah. Back I used to have a buddy like that. Yeah. Hey, let's go out. Ah, I don't want to. And you finally get him out and he has an absolute Yeah, blast. exactly. Why didn't we do this before? That's the kids. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, Beckett is normally the slowest person in the group. We're always stopping and waiting, stopping and waiting. And we're running through the woods. He was, we went down to the sugar shack in the edge of this village, and he's ripping through the woods and running and dodging tree branches. And it's like, where's that energy on the hiking trail? Right. <laughs> we're thinking we need, a like, a carriage for him. It's like, we need a, <laughs> we need a stroller for him. He was saving it up. <laughs> yes, I Don't know. want to waste all of his energy at once. <laughs> But yeah, they had fun. They Good. they do have fun when you get them out. It's just it's getting them out there. That is the big big problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good weekend. Good. Uh, what else we got here? Oh, saw this one. Um, Richard Barnes. He tried this back in I want to say it was two thousand eighteen. Um, he has successfully kayaked. 2,000 kilometers across the Tasman Sea between Australia and New Zealand. 62 years old. This blows me away. Like, so it's so often lately that we're seeing some of these older people that are doing these crazy trips. Like, there's that Russian explorer guy who mm-hmm. is constantly climbing mountains and doing, you know, uh, North Pole expeditions and paddling across the, around the world. And it's like, dude. <laughs> And here you are, 50 what? These guys aren't much older, dude. I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, 67 days at sea. Yeah. It was his second attempt at crossing. 2021, he gave up after 75 days because of Cyclone Seth, <laughs> which is a good it, reason to- It's a good excuse. To call yeah. it a oh, day. Oh, there was a cyclone, right? you know. Yeah. So I just, you know, decided, yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to call this one. Yeah, I could die or I could uh, call it. Yeah. <laughs> I took a slightly different route uh, previously. Previously, he set off from mainland Australia bound for New Plymouth on New Zealand's North Island. This time he took a more southerly route from Hobart to Riverton on New Zealand's South Island. And as with most long sea kayak journeys, Barnes' vessel Blue Moon was custom built and designed by Barnes. It contained three com- main compartments. First was for drying clothes, sleeping, and using electronic devices. The second was for eating and changing. And the third was the cockpit. 10 meters long, 600 kilograms, which is like... 1,300 pounds. Yeah, 1,300 pounds uh, when he started the journey. Like It just amazes me that he's rowing this craft. It's <laughs> 30 feet long, 1,300 pounds, and he's 
Well, not rowing. I guess it's a kayak, so he's paddling. That's insane, isn't it? Like the effort to the the effort to overcome the inertia of thirteen hundred pound watercraft to get it moving. Oh, and yeah. then dealing with headwinds or sidewinds and oh, and there's definitely a lot of that. Uh, during the first few days of the journey, he constantly battled headwinds. At times, my GPS couldn't decide whether progress whether progress was zero or we were actually going backwards. <laughs> he says. As he paddled the Tasmanian coastline, a few sea kayakers and friends joined him at small uh, for small sections. At the end of four, day four, he waved a final goodbye to his sister, who had walked out on a long pit, the long sand spit, to see him off. And then it was two months completely alone. And this is something apparently that you got to do if you're going on one of these giant kayak trips across massive parts of oceans. Celebrated his second sixty second birthday. Because even Cyril uh, Deramo, he celebrated his birthday while he was on his way to Hawaii. Uh, by treating himself to a slightly longer sleep and opening a few birthday cards. <laughs> this guy parties. Party. Uh, another big moment came on day 40. In his previous attempt, this was the location where he had to turn around and head back to Australia. Now he was heading into uncharted territory. Periodically, large waves and strong winds forced him to shelter inside the cabin and wait them out. He says, I needed to wear my crash hat around the cabin to reduce impact damage. <laughs> While laying down, I strapped myself into bed rather than bracing to every roll. That's crazy. Right? And can you imagine, like, the first time you had to bail during uh, Cyclone Seth, it, it would have been so much worse when he had to throw in the towel. But it, I like, you're out in the middle of nowhere. You are only in radio communication with people. And this storm is whipping you around. And what he says, he had to strap himself into his bed rather than bracing for every roll. Like, when he says roll, I'm wondering, does he mean, like, side to side? Or did it just roll over? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking side to side, but... You never know. Right? Right. Uh, he kayaked for approximately 10 hours a day, uh, and it did take a toll on his body. 22 days in, he was already noticing his leg muscles shrinking from almost constant sitting. And after two months, his padded seat had compressed from a well-cushioned two inches to just a quarter inch thick. Huh. Yeah. You got to think that somehow you got to stand up and get those legs I know, working, but right? like you're in a kayak. Yeah. It may be a 30-foot kayak, but still. You know. You know, sitting room only. Uh, he's only the second soloist to kayak across the Tasman Sea. Um, it was first crossed by two men in 2008, and the first soloist, uh, Scott Davidson, in 2018. So it hasn't really been that long since it was actually first crossed. Yeah. It's referred to as the ditch. Mm-hmm. So if you say you're crossing the ditch, you're either going from Tasmania, uh, New Zealand to Australia or Australia to New Zealand. And it's the same that sort of if we're going to England or England, somebody from England's coming here, they're, oh, yeah, going across, across the, pond. the pond. So, so yeah, good on him. Yeah, wow. 62 years old, Derek. <laughs> what have you done lately? I put up with my kids. <laughs> I did a five-kilometer hike on the Bruce Trail. That's <laughs> and right. it almost killed me. It almost died. <laughs> so one of our listeners, Jake, sent us a message. After hearing about, remember we talked about the ice pancakes yes. forming in the water? Yep. 
totally said, check out snow rollers. Because they, they were, they noticed some hubbub going on one time and they looked outside and there was all these snow rollers, mm-hmm. which was pretty neat. A snow roller is a rare meteorological phenomenon where cylindrical snowballs are formed when chunks of snow roll down a hill or are blown across the ground by wind. The snowball picks up more snow along the way and can be anywhere from a tennis ball size to bigger than a car. Unlike regular snowballs, like the ones made when you make a snowman, snow rollers are cylindrical in shape and made of multiple layers. You think of a jelly roll or a Swiss yeah, roll. Yeah. That's exactly what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, phenomenon requires the right mixture of moisture, snow, temperature, and wind to form. There needs to be a light dusting of snow on top of an icy layer already sitting on the ground. The snow needs to be wet enough to stick to itself, but not get stuck to the ground. Wind needs to be about 30 miles per hour. Like they write this, like, like they're giving you a recipe. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm going to go out and do this. Yeah. Okay, now make sure the wind's not blowing more than thirty miles yeah. per hour. But it's like a, it is like a recipe because yeah. it, it takes just very specific meteorological conditions. Well, that's why I say it's rare, right? Yeah. Uh, temperature needs to be three to five degrees from freezing. Sometimes the center falls apart and uh, the rolls look like donuts. So they're also known as snow donuts, snow nuts, snow bales, wind snowballs, and snow tumbleweeds. So if you go Google snow rollers, mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool thing. To it's pretty neat. And yeah. so from the pictures that I was able to find online, you find them a lot on like steep hills on mountainsides and mm-hmm. so on where snow might fall out of a tree. It'll start as a tiny snowball. And the next thing you know, it's the size of a car rolling down a hill. Yeah. You see them in yeah. the prairies. Yeah. 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 Heavy winds. Yeah. Yep. So it's just, like you know, like it's like. You're hiking along a trail, and next thing you know, this car-sized snow roller is <laughs> coming down. Is like Sasquatch. He's rolling balls <laughs> at us. <laughs> There's a Sam Squatch up there. Uh, yeah, so uh, like I say, Google snow rollers to check these out. And uh, thanks, Jake, for uh, letting us know about that one. Another thing we got to mm-hmm. – yeah, I started looking at all that again. <laughs> you go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you're looking for some, we've been talking about a lot of events coming up like soon. Yes. However, registration is open for the Bay of Fun Day. Fun Day. Fun Day. It will be a fun day. <laughs> it's a fun day. The Bay a of Fundy. Fundy Sea Kayak Symposium. Mm-hmm. September 29th, October 1st in Argyle, Nova Scotia. If you register by April 1st, you get entered into early bird prize draws. Road trip. Uh-huh. Uh, sessions offered for paddlers of a, of all range of experiences. So similar, it'll be sort of similar to what Callan went to, Kevin Callan went to when he was in Wales and they did that symposium. And so this is, this is not an indoor winter symposium. This is a practical outdoor use. There's some lessons. There's some, you're out on the Bay of Funday. You're, there's, there's different sessions to learn different things. So it's an outdoors. It's what? September 20th, October 1st. Yep. And so this is, this is a great opportunity to throw in a, a, a late summer vacation for those who don't have kids or you can pull your kids out of school, whatever. But yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a fantastic opportunity to check out the Bay of Fun Day and the highest tides in the world. It's yeah. Pretty cool. 
Bay of Fundy Sea Kayaking Symposium is a three-day event that combines world-class coaching with intermediate paddlers in one of the most spectacular coastal settings on Earth. Sixth semi-annual Bay of Fundy Sea Kayak Symposium encourages all paddlers to join for a weekend of sea kayaking in one of the most dynamic paddling environments in the world. As the Bay of Fundy is home to the highest tides in the world, you'll be exposed to a diversity of paddle locations within southwestern Nova Scotia, providing opportunities to develop and and refine your skills among tidal currents, ocean surf, rock gardens, and the open coast. So if you're ever really wanting to get into Mm -hmm. um, coastal kayaking, kayaking, this is a thing for you. We attended a, a... Open Ocean Sea Kayak Navigation Planning Seminar. Planning Seminar. Yep. At, uh, uh, Chris, Chris Lockyer mm-hmm. is one of the guys for this. Yeah. And he's the one that came out of Toronto and put on that, uh, yeah. that yeah. seminar. Very educational. Very neat. An area with such rich history, Acadian culture, and breathtaking coastal scenery will be sure to have you, uh, to leave you with a smile. Now, they also have pre and post symposium events. So they're saying, come early, stay later. Mm-hmm. If you come early, you can sign up for a tidal bore session or a professional development day, which is geared towards coaches. Mm-hmm. And if you stay later, you can sign up, uh, like if you stay after the symposium, sign up again for a tidal bore session or a Briar Island paddle, uh, which is out of ways. Yes. So, uh, if, so if you go to B-O-F-S-K-S, I guess that's Bay of Fundy Sea Kayak Symposium dot com. A lot more information than we we could possibly tell you. And there's descriptions of a few of the things. And you can register. They got all the forms and everything that you can register online. But yeah. it sounds like a pretty cool event if you're really hardcore into sea kayaking. Very cool event, literally, because the water's always cold. You're gonna need yes. a dry suit. But yes. But yes, it, it'd be it's be a great opportunity. This is what the sixth running of it, so it's uh, I think it'd be a fantastic thing to to head down for it and get a nice uh, East Coast vacation in. Do it, do it. I mean, you got family out there. You could just I leave do. them with family your 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 family with your family. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if you get my meaning. Yeah. <laughs> Other thing that's happening out this way close to home is a youth canoe trip. Registration is now open for this year's Adventure in Understanding Canoe Trip. Six days, five-night cultural canoe experience for First Nation and non-Native youth 16 to 18 years of age. The eighth year for this trip, which is organized by the Rotary Club of Peterborough Kawartha with partners Camp Kawartha, Curve Lake First Nation, and the Canadian Canoe Museum. The trip follows the Trent Severn Waterway from Beaver Mead Park on August 27th, ending at Curve Lake First Nation on September 1st. Paddlers will travel through the Lift Lock, which is we've done. It's pretty cool. Yep. Visit the Teaching Rocks at Petroglyphs Provincial Park and meet elders from Curve Lake. It will involve three 26-foot Voyager canoes with 20 youths and four leaders aboard. Students who have participated in the past speak about the new respect for our land, learning about different cultures, the incredible friendships developed over the six days, and the realization that they paddled 100 kilometers. Mm-hmm. $400 registration fee covers food, paddling equipment, all camping gear except sleeping bag and sleeping pad. If you go to PKAIU, 
dot com. Uh, you'll get a far more in-depth information about the voyage. The f- registration forms are there. And there's also photos and videos from previous years. But this, if you're looking to get into a little bit of understanding about the native culture and stuff like that, um, as it pertains to, I guess, canoeing and whatnot. Yeah. Like, that's, this sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. See, yes. That's, that's the thing is, as someone my age, you know, because apparently we're getting old, <laughs> seeing stuff like this that was never offered when we were that age, now knowing what we know, this would be cool to do. And I wonder if, <clears throat> so I think some, some stuff like this was available back then, but it wasn't as developed as we see today. Mm-hmm. Like there was... There was a lot of initiatives back when I was a kid in the in the seventies and eighties where <clears throat> they started developing programs to get more people out and doing stuff like this because as you know as people as life slows down and people find more time for vacation there's more time to do stuff like this right yeah and so you're seeing a lot more opportunities to these days see stuff like this but they had stuff like this back in the day just not as as uh, advanced it is, as it is for educational yeah, programs. Yeah, I never heard of anything like that. No, my school, mind you, when we were yeah. living in Moose Knee, we were right there. Yeah, exactly. Right, right? So you were in it. You were living in it. Nobody's going to have a program in Moose Knee for yeah. getting people out into the outdoors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, yeah. Why don't you get out the outdoors? Where am I right now? Outdoors. <laughs> hey, did it. Yeah, mark that off my list. <laughs> and you come back from your trap line. We'll teach you how to. Oh yeah, wait a second. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get in the house and watch hockey. Yes, yes. Go inside, watch TV. Yeah, so that that sounds pretty cool. And again, that's p k a i u dot com. Very neat. Yeah, I guess that's uh, Peterborough Kawartha uh, Adventure in Understanding dot com. There you go. Dun dun dun. Uh, I just got one more quick thing here. Uh, well, maybe one more. Well, maybe one more after that. Paddle sports industry leaders uh, gathered in Bentonville, Arkansas, January 25th to 27th for a leadership summon, summit. Summit? I'm starting to have problems with my words now. <laughs> summit? You're tired. At least it's, yeah. <laughs> we were upstairs watching TV earlier and I was just like, yeah, I better get up and do something because otherwise <laughs> I'm going down, Dar- going down hard. Dar- Derek's recording by himself tonight. <laughs> uh, they gather for a leadership summit where a group of approved a formation of a new national trade organization. Paddle Sports Trade Coalition will bring manufacturers, distributors, sales representatives, retailers, and media together to grow paddle sports in North America and to monitor and engage in relevant federal and state legislation, water access issues, sustainability practices, and other matters related to the category. Okie dokie. That's <laughs> a mouthful. <laughs> it is time for the paddle sports community to come together and have its own voice so we can expand our sport and make it more accessible and inviting to more people, said Ed Vader, retired president of Aquabound Bending Branches and the moderator of the two-day summit. Is he related to Darth? No, that's Vader. Oh, 
Got it. Along with the unanimous vote f- to form the coalition, a steering committee was created to prepare a formal draft proposal for forming the coalition and undertake the initial steps in formalizing the organization. To me, that sounds like let's have a meeting to discuss having a meeting. Yes. And yes. then we'll get together and have that meeting. Yeah. Bureaucracy. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the organization has defined paddle sports to include all modes of human and electric-powered personal watercraft, including canoes and kayaks, stand-up paddle boards, pedal drives, and electronic sorry, electric drive-powered personal watercraft. So, uh, what's the purpose? It's it's a trade coalition to bring the manufacturers, distributors, sales reps, and retailers and media all together so they can help grow the they sport. They need to make that a little bit more concise because you get lost in the wording there. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's just getting all these groups together and making paddle sports bigger, better, more accessible in Sustainability North and yeah. 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 And yeah, the thing that they're going to talk about, water access issues and st- sustainability practices and stuff like that, Yeah, that's huge. I kind of thought there'd be a sort of a, for lack of a better term, a governing body that did this sort of thing. I don't think I've ever heard of one. Yeah. Yeah, when, when you like start re- listening yeah. to this, you're thinking, well, I, yeah, I've never heard of one, but how can there not be one already? Yeah, because like I know like we have like Paddle Canada, but that's more educational, teaching yeah. people how to do various disciplines, whereas this is more of a industry guide. Yeah. It's helping people within the industry make the industry more sustainable for future growth. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, and making sure that they're able to get together and do things to make sure paddling stays uh, and yeah. grows. Yeah, exactly, right? yeah. So, hmm. uh, Summit attracted representative from 30 paddle sports brands and manufacturers. Just a few of them were Aquabound, uh, Bending Branches, Eddie Line Kayaks, Eskif. Gray Duck Outdoors, Hobie Kayaks, Jackson Kayak, Coquitat, Level 6, Malone Auto Racks, Mustang, Survival, NRS, Sawyer Paddles and Oars, Seals Spray Skirts and Accessories, Winona Canoe, Current Design Kayaks, and Werner Paddles. Amongst a whole lot more. But yeah, it sounds... uh, If what they're saying here is, you know, what what I'm getting from it, it sounds like it's a good deal. Mm-hmm. If they can make things work and make things better. And they didn't reach out to us. I know, eh? Wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't we be in the media part? <laughs> we should be. <laughs> yeah. What the heck? <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll have to keep an eye out, see what happens with that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, other thing I got here is... Oh, yes. Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show this weekend. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! Uh, February 24th to 26th at Toronto International Center, Hall Number 5. Admission is $14 for adults or 18 for a weekend pass. If you go to, I'll, I'll post it again. Um, there's a coupon code. You can get like a couple bucks off your ticket sort of thing. I do uh, speak at 5 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. I'm like the closing act. That's the main, that's the, that's the good one, right? (laughs) (laughs) Or I just get the people that were, yeah, we're still here. We'll just hang around. Yeah. We're, we're too tired. We're not, we don't have the energy to leave yet. Yeah. (laughs) Might get some good Saturday afternoon deals. Yeah. Well, oh, look, Sean's speaking. Yeah. Let's go listen to him and we'll just (laughs) 
rest our legs. Yeah, we need a rest. We need we need a yeah. rest. Uh, let's to this let's guy go talk. eat a sandwich and listen to somebody yabber. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the next weekend, we're off to Michigan to the Quiet Adventure Symposium. Yes. I swear we got to find the guy with great fr- the big uh, giant Flemish rabbits and interview him. <laughs> we do. We just dude, come on over and let's talk cuz that's what everybody talks about, the rabbit show. Yeah. So get your butt over here into our booth and we will That could be actually interesting. Talk we rabbits. We should look into that. Canoe and rabbits. Yes. Yeah. Every time we talk about this show, we talk about the rabbits. Yeah, but we've never heard the rabbit side of the story. Yes. Yeah, this used to be a giant rabbit show until a guy with a canoe showed up. <laughs> we lost half we used to have the whole building <laughs> rabbits as far as the eye yeah. could see. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then Canoe Copia after that. Like three weekends in a row I'm somewhere. Mm-hmm. Busy times. And then I get a weekend off, I think. And then it's the Ontario Backcountry Canoe Symposium. We're going to go watch that. And then uh, I got a couple weeks off and then hitting the outdoor Ottawa outdoor adventure and travel show mm-hmm. in Ottawa there that'll be a good one so anyway if you see us wandering around because you're going to be wandering around the Saturday uh, this weekend at Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show I'm there Saturday and I'm probably I always end up going back Sunday mm-hmm. uh, I'll see if I go back Sunday this year because you know there's always stuff I want to double check out uh, if you see us walking around the show, stop us, say hello, have a little chit chat, and uh, we're always always happy to talk to people that listen to us yabber, because you know nothing like listening to us yabber <laughs> live and in person. Yeah. Other than that, that's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah, it's been a pretty work's just hectic right now, and then getting ready for all these things coming up. It's just like yeah, I can't wait till summer though. I've got such a, you know what? It's this weekend sort of put a, a kibosh on these feelings. Yeah, like I really enjoyed this weekend being out there, being in the snow, running mm-hmm. around and hiking. But, but being back down here, I can't wait till summer actually hits. Oh, I know. Yeah. Just so you know what? Like, okay, if you're not going to winter, either crap or get off the pot. <laughs> right? I know. Well, there's no snow, yeah. and it's I find it very frustrating because I'm a very, you can't do the snow. Yeah. You're you can't do the winter activities. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's just cold and you can't yeah. paddle. And yeah, cold and crappy yeah. weather and I can see my grass frozen. Growing. Yeah. Slowly growing. So, yeah, I, at this point it's just like, you know what? I just want paddle weather to show up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Not ready for it now. Yeah. 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 If we had snow, I'd be excited about the snow, but there just hasn't been snow. There's nothing to be excited about I, right now. I want to go snowshoeing. There's no <laughs> Well, place. Alan Drone was telling me like there's water open everywhere right now. So yes. He was in, yeah. I think, Toronto Harbor. Oh, yeah? Today. Nice. Yeah, paddling around. So hmm. if there is a nice snowfall and doesn't get too cold, then I may end up paddling up Duffins or something. Oh. Get the oh, nice that snow. Give my big there's green. there's no ice. Yeah. So you could paddle and you could see all the snow. Oh, that'd be a nice paddle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Throw on the old coca tat there yeah. and go for a dipsy doodle up the, up the creek mm-hmm. with a paddle. Yes. And a pole, maybe. <laughs> uh, nothing else? Well, I think we should uh, organize a, a road trip and head for Nova Scotia for late September. Road trip. You know what? When is that? September? T- sept- end of September, 1st of October. No, because then I've got to use my Thanksgiving birthday oh, yeah. time, yeah. right? Which is right after that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's tempting, though. 
It's tempting. <laughs> tempting. Tempt. Where, where are you going? Nova Scotia. <laughs> See you next week. Yeah. All righty. Well, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can download or stream our episodes at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. Or you can go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and stream or download all our episodes there. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, family, and fellow paddlers. I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Dirk Spest. We'll see you next time.